Well, howdy. Welcome to the Gundam Explained Show. This is uh, episode 81. It's uh, February 2nd, so getting close to uh, Valentine's Day. Uh, I'm Adam Blue, joined by Steven. Steven, have you already pl planned Valentine's Day out? Oh, I mean, we've got a five-month-old baby. That's uh, our, our Valentine's Day is just going to be surviving. And did, I don't know. Did you see a, a groundhog this morning? I don't know if that's the if oh, that's yeah. thing. Do we... That's a good point. I haven't even kept up with that in a while because, yeah, with the, the winter, you were saying it's snowing. It's been iced over here in Texas. Wow. So. That's nuts. Yeah, I think, um, see, what you ought to do is you ought to just restart the show every, like, six or seven minutes. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> to pull a groundhog day. Yeah. That's, a, that's funny, actually. That, there's got to be a YouTube video of a podcast that's done something like that, you know, when they get meta. But... No, I mean, speaking of restarting the podcast, um, not that that's going to happen, but we've seen before in the past where the show crashes, I can get it back up. Uh, Steven's kind of helped me tweak some things, so it might make it a better experience overall. So hopefully we can get past those little technical but difficulties. But it makes it worse. That's Adam's fault. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I told Steven that yesterday. I think he, we, when we were syncing up, like he wasn't hearing me. And then I finally got my mic working. I'm like, hey, if something goes wrong, blame me because it probably is so <laughs> no but it's no it's been great learning all this stuff um but yeah morning everyone i see ian armad a neo x shirt lad good to see you thanks for sending over that uh gundam uh what is it called the hyperion gundam stuff um yeah, and then awesome shafak shafak hopefully i'm saying that correctly it's good to be seeing you around lately uh dan vince um yeah so shirt lad voice message thing not yet in terms of for the podcast live, but I am going to do an additional video that's going to go out in the next couple days where I'm going to take the latest voice messages and a Patreon paragraph or essay that I didn't get to from January and go over some other funny comments I, I've got. Because a lot of times there's really cool YouTube comments on the videos and I never get to them anymore. And I, I might, so I might do a separate video to catch up on things from January. But yeah, it's like you hit 3,000 yeah. subscribers, and then all of a sudden you forget the little guys. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, no, it's, there's truth to that. It, I remember when I first started off, I would answer every comment and make videos about the comments, and then it was like there was just too many. But there's really good stuff that people say in the comments sometimes that I want to oh, highlight. Yeah. And um, have you noticed that you stop getting notifications about the comments? Like, I used to get yeah. emails every day saying, you know, hey, another comment, another comment. And now it's like... I get one every so often. Yeah, it seems like they do like, and maybe something I did like bulk notification or something where it's at a specific time. But, but you know, speaking of YouTube videos and comments, you had your video go up last Friday, which was awesome. Um, Loved and, it. And you even had, it was, this was hilarious because for Patreon, you had a kind of like a blooper video that went up. Yeah. And then my comment was like, wow, I hope to see more of these or something. And you were like, <laughs> I don't. And I was like, oh, yeah, true. <laughs> but oh, when, when they happen, it's magnets. hilarious. Uh, yeah, the, for, for those of you not on, on, not on the Midnight Hatter Patreon, um, the, that magnet video, there were magnets harmed in the filming of that video that several magnets ended up super glued together. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Because that's a really neat project in the first place, but I didn't really think about as you're building it and incorporating magnets when they can like kind of mess with each other because you're trying to put it together. I, I love it. Um, no, that was that was cool. And then so yesterday, and if you've missed 
Stephen's live from yesterday. Links in the description. That was a lot of fun. I guess some discussion about um, AI in terms of in the shows uh, it came up on his Discord, and that turned into a pretty cool topic. Yeah, it, I mean, it ended up being like an awesome conversation just about like engineering and AI in general. So, I mean, it was it was a lot of fun. Yeah. No, no, it definitely was. Um, <laughs> Except it was an hour too early. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, which, hey, you know, just an hour earlier, people can uh, get their fill of yeah, this. Hope you, hopefully you guys enjoyed the, the nice little lunch break. Oh, yeah. No, I'm, I'm sure we do. Um, so some other things. Um, again, this comes out as a podcast. It, it goes out on all the podcast platforms. If there's one missing, just let me know. Um, Subscribe if you haven't, you know, that sort of thing. Isn't that what they say? And then like or something? Yeah, smash like, yeah, ring smash the bell, that like all that button. good stuff. No, but today we're going to talk about a few things. I've got, a, I've got a lot in the hopper, but we'll just see, like, as time goes, what we'll get to. But for real, for sure, it's pretty interesting that in Gundam Evolution they announced a new suit, one that I wasn't even familiar with, so we'll talk about that. Um, yeah, pretty sweet. Some Witch from Mercury surprises that came about. Um, and then based off of our discussion yesterday, so we talked about AI within Gundam, how it's used. Um, but there's this one thing I, I learned from that that I want to talk to you about today. So if you want to see part one of our discussion after this, you go, and you haven't watched uh, Steven's video from yesterday, our live, we kind of dive more into this discussion about AI within the universe. Um, but, um, okay, so I'm going to get started here. Um, I'm going to switch scenes real quick. Remember, guys, if there's any... Oh, that was supposed to happen. Any sort of um, technical difficulties you run into, just let me know. All right, <laughs> so uh, ignore the guy from... Um, what, Spider-Man? Jameson over here? Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, okay, so... I did this video, the live-action Mobile Suit Gundam movie created by AI. So in our Discord, like, I think Lucas and Goose kept sharing these badass videos of, like, Metal Gear Solid as an 80s movie or Star Wars as, like, a Japanese movie. And, and like, you know, my whole thing is it would be awesome to make one of these of, like, a, a Gundam AI. And actually, let me start by showing that first. So this is my little mid-journey page. Um, let me actually real quick make it easier for everyone to see everything come here just a moment yeah sure okay um there we go so yeah I, this is i'm using mid journey and it's funny because i was using ai before and then the ai images before and i kind of got like um i, I just didn't really like it because i was never able to get the output i really want it reminds me when i'm just drawing in real life and i draw something and i'm like god that's not anything like i want <laughs> but I kind of learned how you have to make the AI work for you. So I thought this was funny. My son is into Five Nights at Freddy's FNAF, and he did, like, his idea was a plushie, but, like, Gundam. And I thought that nice. was pretty cool. And then the other one was uh, FNAF, but, like, as Power Rangers. <laughs> I thought that Ooh, was a good idea, too. I mean, like, those are not, that's not, 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 not Mighty Morphin. That's, like... I think yeah, the, the other right stuff looks like a Zeo Power Ranger. Yeah, exactly. Like the other types of uh, uh, ones. Yeah, the non-morphin. Um, but anyway, 
So other than that, like, so to go in and make this stuff, I even have this, like, I made it like a Timothy Chalamet, trying to make it look like, you know, he'd be Amaro. Um, I also did um, Nick Offerman um, as uh, trying to make him look like Rambaral with the blue mobile suit in the back. And <laughs> it was, you know, it, it was all right. There's some, there's some neat ones in there. Uh, yeah, and this one that I really liked um, is where I did Bruce Campbell as that, with a mobile suit in the background that's all that's all the prompt was um and Very cool. but what was interesting was i like this one because that's closest to rumble Rawl, even though he doesn't have the mustache but oh, i like yeah. i like the way his suit or the the uniform he's wearing how that looks and um just and the, the mobile suit. suit has this like darth vader look yeah. to it it's really sweet <laughs> so and that's a good point you brought up because a lot of these things get these looks from a potentially 70s or 80s movie because in my prompt I am using, you know, film by James Cameron, photographed on grainy medium, format Kodak, Portra, 800 film, SMC, Takumar, you know, the f-stop and all that. Like this is to make it as if this was looked through a camera lens. So the other interesting thing about that is this algorithm that's used to compose these images, it has no references for a Gundam that is looks that way because Not it's never existed. Anyway. Yeah. Because it looks for like model kits and like. <laughs> yeah. And so if like a model kit can't fit that aesthetic that I'm trying to put into the prompt, like if I do stuff that is, if I'm not specifying how it looks, it will do things as either a model kit or um, obviously illustrations. If I want something that looks photoreal, there's nothing Gundam in film that is photoreal yet. So it actually has to just make up stuff. Um, and that's why we're not going to get something that looks entirely like a Gundam. There's some shots that are pretty close. Um, yeah. Like, that's not bad, especially it has the RX-78-2 colors. The thing is, the height and the... Um, like the face, obviously, is, is wrong, but it's got the V-fin. I thought the Char ones were interesting. Because I even said yeah. portrait of Char Aznable standing in front of a mobile suit. And I think this one turned out pretty good. Because that almost looks like a, a head, maybe of the Sazabi. He, like uh, he looks like the bully from Revenge of the Nerds. Oh my, God. yeah, it <laughs> totally has that 80s hair going on. And yeah. then this was another one that I thought that was pretty cool too. But I, it looks more like a mobile armor. Yeah, a ground-based mobile armor. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, uh, yeah, something I saw. So, Sharpeak. My name sounds close to Sharpeak. Shar. So Shafiq. Maybe that's what you meant. Um, and then he's saying Gundam and Ready Player One look photoreal, right? And I would say almost. That was super CGI heavy. I think the one in it almost looked like a video game in Ready Player yeah. One, unless I'm being too judgy um some other video game i mean it was a good video game <laughs> yeah, yeah i know it had ray tracing <laughs> yeah <it> was... <laughs> exactly high-end stuff um the, some of the stuff i loved in this is when i added like showing lasers being fired um i mean this stuff looks cool there was a comment because i wanted to look at that too neon wave is saying this looks like something that could be its own ip and gives off an 80s vibe and i think that is absolutely true and i think like to me this is like epic like i love yeah, this shot awesome. it doesn't look entirely like a gundam but you could say this is like some 
Zeta thing. Like, it almost has more of a Zeta look to it, and I love it. Like, just seeing the lasers in the background, the depth of field. I see your eye, and I raise you two more eyes. Yeah, <laughs> I know. That's, I love that. Like, it's pretty sweet looking. Like, I love it's. Yeah. I, I mean, and I think this looks pretty Gundam, but, like, just to have a modern-day movie filmed with this aesthetic, I would love it. I would... I mean, I think it lends to the designs without it looking like, it, it, like it's almost like, I, I wonder if that aesthetic calls back to that era of filmmaking where then there's more ver verisimilitude than if you were just to try to do a modern with all the high, the clear high fidelity lenses that sometimes makes things look too real, too ultra clean to be realistic. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, like the early days of CGI, you know, there was like all of these really super smooth textures on the 3D models. Yeah. And, and the lighting wasn't quite right, so they didn't quite fit in the environment. Um, there's something to be said uh, about like the 70s and 80s sci-fi where not only were you working with inferior camera equipment that wasn't quite as crisp, so you couldn't see those those kind of... Like if the lighting was a little bit off, you weren't going to see it because there was enough distortion coming from the camera yeah. that it would kind of offset that. But also you're working with like, you know, miniature models, you know, a ping pong table full of model kit parts. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Cause that's even the same with video games. Like sometimes those old classic games look better on a monitor that has scan lines in 240p as its native resolution. Yep. Whereas when you're upscaling it to 1080, sometimes it's like, I don't remember it looking like this, but, and I think that is a, a cool direction to go with filmmaking nowadays that, I, it sometimes happens. There was that recent film, I forget the guy's name, but he shot it in 4-3 in black and white. It was The Lighthouse. Uh, I forget the director, yeah. Eggers or something like that. Um, yeah. So I think it's cool when filmmakers do that, and I think that could be... That, I feel like that could be a direction you have to go with Gundam. Well, you don't have to, but I think it could lend itself to, to it being pulpy but taken seriously. Um, yeah. You know, if it's filmed that way and you have the right actors also that are reacting to mobile suits. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, that's like a, one of the, the big things now. I, I had a huge argument with my brothers about like Marvel CGI films and how, you know, there's a lot of uh, there, there's a lot of acting. There should be like a whole acting course in in schools that teaches you how to act on a green screen because a lot of these actors don't really know how to interact with the world when the world is put in in post so it's like you have a lot of scenes of people running and like oh yeah you can run and then they put the background in but like um brendan frazier even once talked about one of the hardest roles he ever did was in george of the jungle which is hilarious to think about like he just yeah. won an oscar for the whale and he's like george <laughs> of the jungle was the hardest movie i ever did and it was because back then, you know, the CGI artists were like, we're going to put this CGI gorilla behind you. Like, you have to look like you're petting it. And it's like no, you, that your hand is too high here. It's too low there. It needs to be right here. You need to angle it this way because that's the way that the gorilla is going to be facing. And he was like, this is, this is really hard. <laughs> that's a good point, because, yeah, a lot of times, um, you know, I feel like there's different types of actors. There's actors that are studying the craft of acting. Then there's people that just have that, those personalities that just work well on screen with others. But the ones that understand the craft of acting could probably do better in 
something that wouldn't be taken as serious. You know what I mean? It seems like yeah. the, the most serious actors do the best with stuff that is silly and not serious. You know, like um, Alec Guinness is Obi-Wan Kenobi. Like, right. I've never really questioned it. the space wizard. He, <laughs> he's always just, he nailed it. So, um, yeah, so that, again, uh, this, the Gundam live action idea, I love it. And so it was fun making this little trailer. Now, the music from the trailer I got from that PS3 game, you know, the side story, uh, Missing Link, but is that from a specific title that maybe came out earlier and it's just included um, in this one? So I don't know. I'd have to hear it again, but what's funny is when I listened to it, I thought it was either from Zionic Front or 0081. Okay. So I think it might be one of those earlier ones. One of those yeah. tracks that was recycled from those games and put in um, side stories, but I might be wrong on that. But but no. I mean, I love that 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 I think it's like the title credits, right? Yeah. Like it's like so epic and it like is. driving tones. It's really good. Yeah, no, I, I, when I, and that's what sparked me actually making this video was I knew I wanted to make it. I didn't know how or when, but it was just hearing that music. And I was like, wait a minute, I can make this right now. And I got the track. Um, yeah, and sometimes that's what happens. It takes music. I feel like, and I've said this before, there's like these three pillars of good anime. You know, you have animation, uh, you have story, and then you have music. And I feel like as, as long as two of those are good, then I can, I can watch any anime. Um, yeah. But music is very powerful. Like, when I first got into Gundam, it was like music was kind of the thing that really grabbed me. Um, and each Gundam anime series has like its own unique musical flair to it, which I think is yeah. really, it's, it's, it's awesome because it kind of gives the show its own identity among the the pantheon of Gundam uh, anime. Um, yeah, even with the same composer on some of that early stuff, he had it dis still distinct, but it would have callbacks to yeah. certain things. So, yeah. Um, oh, IT Commander, good to see you. Um, hey, cheers, buddy. Let's see. I hope yeah, it's... that is... Uh, IT Commander is Juby. He is the one responsible for... This uh, full armor double Zeta Gundam. Oh, so, oh, that's so that's cheers, cool. buddy. Good to see you. Oh yeah, very cool. Um, and Shafiq is saying, I hope it's at least similar to Dune or Pacific Rim. One level of looks to it. Yeah, Dune looked great. I was, I keep forgetting about that director. When I feel like, who would make a good movie of any IP? It's Denis Villeneuve. He could probably do anything. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Um, and Ian is saying, yeah, the music creates the identity of the show. That, that is true. There's something about, especially music intros, like in, to me, it seems like in anime, they really focus on like the song that's in the intro as if that is a big part of it compared to like the West or whatever. And at first that would annoy me, but over time it's like the songs, I don't know how it's happening. Am I liking the show? So then I'm liking the song more. Or is it just I'm hearing the song over and over and then I just like it? <laughs> I, right, the uh, exposure therapy. Yeah. Well, you know, that, that brings up a good point because, you know, the, the opening credit song is supposed to set the tone for the rest of the show. And so when you have a show like 
Zeta Gundam, where the opening credits song was switched for the American release, you know, you, you and I have talked about this before, where we actually like both versions. Yeah. Um, sometimes I like the American version a little bit better, and I think yeah. where that comes from is that the original intent behind using sort of a pop song was it kind of captured that 80s vibe. I really love yeah. the track Cinderella 4. Um, you know, it's got that, like, sweet heavy reverb guitar solo in the middle of it that is just like perfect moment wow. for camille and four to kiss so yeah. i'm like going off on a tangent here <laughs> but, no that's no, good but yeah, yeah you know i think that that pop that love pop song kind of was the original intent of the show but then when when the show was localized for the west and they changed the song over they realized the impact that the sh that the series had on the gundam franchise and so putting in that AUG theme gives it that more like heavy star warsy like this yeah. is this is Epic an important space opera piece of the story so like we're gonna kind of play that up and play down the uh you know the sort of city pop vibe that we were originally going for yeah that's a very good point because love the original but there's some, yeah it 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 fits the the american version just fits like especially if you're trying to get someone into gundam in the U.S., it's never really gotten into anime or anything. If they hear that American oh, opening, driving timpanis at the beginning, just yeah, yeah, love it. Yeah. Hey, Zionic Shadow, good to see you. Glad to join us. Hey, and buddy. Nike, good to see you too. Um, Shafiq asks a good question. Who do you think will make a good, a good soundtrack for a Gundam live action movie? And I will admit that you know I'm a soundtrack guy, and I I haven't been as impressed with soundtracks in film since 80s and early 90s i feel like it's kind of changed where they're all kind of the same sounding um yeah <laughs> well once hans zimmer took over and like everything is <laughs> well even he's hans zimmer he's pretty interesting because i feel like he's usually told what to do and he just does a good job of making the same z sounding things yeah. but he adds a little bit of like digitalness to it like uh, uh, more techno style things sometimes are flourishing it um you know who would be an interesting choice yeah um i don't know the name but the the composer that did the music for mad max fury road and uh wonder woman oh yeah because yeah because they kind of have very distinctive parts to it yeah, there's yeah. there's a, like a lot of like electric orchestra instruments in there. Like there's like I think there's some electric cello, which is an interesting choice. Um, and while I don't necessarily believe that those soundtracks would work in Gundam, I would love to see that composer's interpretation of what would work in Gundam, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think that does make sense because my first thought is there's so many Japanese composers that I think are awesome that I've learned about through Gundam. But yeah, I guess let's have a Westerner take a shot at it since this is going to be an american produced live action gundam yeah. movie um like one thing I, with the designs yeah exactly that good point um you know one thing speaking of soundtracks so like i'm not into the marvel movies and i've i've watched captain marvel once didn't really care for it but i noticed the music in captain marvel was good so if you guys haven't heard it before sometime when you're bored and want to listen to some music that captain marvel soundtrack is done very well and I think it's a female composer, maybe from India. I could be wrong about that. But I remember the sound is very distinct. That's what really gets my interest in a soundtrack, if it's, like, distinct. Um, 
Oh, and Zionic Shadow is saying have both American and Japanese collaboration, which is not a bad idea. Um, yeah. To do it that way, since the source. <laughs> In material. fact, my favorite whiskey is a collaboration between a Kentucky distiller and a Japanese yeah. distiller. Uh, wow. Legend Bourbon. If you haven't tried it and okay. you're of drinking age, of course. Give it a try. Yeah. Uh, Kentucky bourbon aged in Japanese sherry wine casks. So, and did you say legend bourbon? Uh, legend with a T. Legend. Okay, I might have to check oh. that out then. Um, okay, and so a couple other things, real quick on from Lucas Garrett. This is about that AI thing. What gets me is that there are hundreds of thousands of images and videos about Gundam, and yet the AI generated apps and engines can't get the heads right. And I think, yeah, that's for the reason we described. Um, everything else is fine. Um, but for some reason, whether they come from Dream, Wonder, or Mid Journey, they can't get Gundam completely right. That being said, I still love this video and it would be great for a concept art for future live action Gundam content. Thanks for sharing, Adam. Yeah, definitely. Like, yeah, it doesn't, it didn't come out exactly, but it, it's just cool concept anyway. The bodies look good. It's always just the face that it yeah. can't quite nail. Yeah, and even then, like, the faces would look good, but for another thing. That's not right. like a Halo yeah. costume, maybe, or Halo suit. Uh, Carlito's saying they just look like meshed up stormtroopers and bionicles. Yeah, <laughs> look like that. Um, oh, and Giancarlo, your Gundam from Wish has arrived. <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. Too. That's a good one. I know. Um, yeah, Gundam face is not right. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because some I love some of the jokes that came out of that. So anyway, that was fun and really. I suggest if anyone's into this AI art, it's a very fun and interesting pastime. It might motivate you or inspire you to, like, create something. Or if you have something Gundam-related and you don't want to pay for the AI art, or, uh, just message me with some ideas for prompts, because I'd love to still experiment and create some other Gundam-themed stuff. Yeah, um, I mean, the trick is definitely, like, you know, sometimes the AI doesn't know what you're talking about when you talk about specific franchises like Gundam or like, you know, it's like, oh, I want to see a, uh, you know, I want to see a Krieg or a Space Marine. It's like it might not know exactly what you're talking about if you're talking about a specific franchise. So you have to kind of like tease it out and say, like, I want a blonde haired gentleman yeah. with a red robot behind him. <laughs> exactly. And that for a Rumble Ross, I specifically said Nick Offerman standing in front of a, a mobile suit. So yeah, you're right. You got to kind of be creative in, uh, with that stuff. So yeah, that's fun. Um, you know, and just real quick, there's some other ones that I made shown an example of like I did black metal album cover art. So it's going to awesome. take looks like Giver. Yeah. And so that so that's where this art style then looks different because it's not through like a lens uh of a camera it's actually what someone has drawn or painted and some of it looks sick as hell i even did i think for this stuff it was like a judas priest album cover with the, with the nice. gundam on it which I, I think looks great um this one's funny because there's like a furry some furry dude in the back that's like <laughs> <laughs> this has to be some story i love it um uh yeah it, it's super fun uh doing this stuff yeah. But, uh, okay, moving on real quick. So this was neat. So Crunchyroll has um, uh, launched an English dub for Witch for Mercury, but it's just the prologue for now. But I wonder if that means this Sunday it's going to be episode one, and then they're going to do that up until around the time that the uh, second season comes out. 
Um, that's an in- it's interesting that they just didn't make any announcements. Just I know. I, yeah, it, it hey, it's kid, especially I heard you like some Gundam. <laughs> well, you know what's weird about this too is I saw that on the Microsoft Store. Someone posted it on a Discord. I forget. It might have been yours or something where it was like on sale. And I noticed that the distributor of which for Mercury on the Microsoft Store was Crunchyroll. Mm. Now it said only Japanese, but I it, but while I'm bringing this up is because also with the dub for Cuckoo's Doan's Island that was done by Crunchyroll. And I right now have Funimation and Crunchyroll because Funimation has English dubs that are not on Crunchyroll. So it almost seems like Crunchyroll is trying to be in the business of dubbing maybe and that's why there's dubs missing on Crunchyroll that are only on Funimation. Um, I don't know if anyone has any more information on that, but on one hand, hopefully that's not a bad thing that Crunchyroll seems to be the one that's trying to do all the dubbing, but hopefully that means we're going to see more dubs being released. Um, just surprised, like you said, like they didn't even announce this. Um, yeah. So, um, I, I, I watched the prologue. The voice acting was good, so I really can't wait to... Finish it. There's even those normal voices you hear all the time. Like some of the voices, like, oh, <laughs> right. that's a guy from. Suspects. Yeah, it's like you could kind of hear that. So that's kind of funny. Um, yeah. Now, how I... was the localization? Because I haven't watched the English dub. So what were, or have you gotten that deep into it where you maybe like compared the sub, the subtitles to the dub lines to see like were there any drastic changes? There, you know what, I wouldn't say there was drastic, but there was kind of changes in the way they were explaining things they were going through, where it almost seemed clearer to me. And maybe that's a reading disability I have, but like reading subtitles sometimes takes me a second, but when someone tells me something, I'm like, ah, okay. So, and it could be a mix of, yeah, trying to read that translation versus the actual dubbing being spoken. Um, and how they then modify it. So, yeah. Um, have they changed, censored any of the scenes in the dub prologue? Nike asked. You know, good question. I did not notice that. Um, because, yeah, there was some good action near the end. Hey, WebFox, mm-hmm. good to see you. Crunchyroll has been dubbing for a few years on other anime, and now it's owned by Funimation, which is a dubbing company. Okay. So, yeah. I, so that's what's interesting so uh, that's why i don't know why there are dubs missing from crunchyroll that are on funimation right yeah that's the i i forget what it was i was watching but it might have been a gundam show or two there was just a few that they didn't have a dub and i was like well so maybe they're still working that out like you know even with the relationship between funimation and crunchyroll i'm like because I've heard mixed reports. It's like, was it a merger or was it an outright acquisition? Because yeah, because if that's the case, you know, like, why would Funimation acquire a distribution network if they already have a distribution network? Like, it's it seems kind of silly. Yeah, there might be more. I guess um, what am I trying to say? Money reasons that don't necessarily mean anything to the viewer, but more to the board of directors. <laughs> You know, who knows? I don't know. It's yeah. just all a big laundering scam. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just a way to move money around. <laughs> it's it's a big, big gumpla. Gum <laughs> it's a big gumpla uh, conspiracy. Um, 
Yeah, and like you say, maybe due to licensing agreements. Yeah, because I've always heard that. Like when I go look up a dub for a show, there's different companies that do dubs, and you just wonder, like, yeah, is there an agreement this could be distributed because it's this company, this can't because, yeah. Could be some conflicts going on Maybe there. I need to research that, make a video. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> there you go. Corporate, corporate espionage between oh. anime companies. There you go. There's something going on there. That could be its own anime. Hmm. Okay. So I wanted to bring up this Amakusa, a.k.a. Jupiter Gundam. So when we were talking yesterday about AI on your uh, stream, I did some info or some researching real quick beforehand to see how far that goes in the UC timeline. Because what was weird was we were showing a screenshot from Wing talking about a UC-related AI and from a manga. So it, yeah. I thought that was interesting. Um, so Easter eggs in there. Yeah, yeah, which is not uncommon. Plus a little bit of like are you, all your base are belong to us weirdness yeah. going on. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, um, but, you know, through that research, I found that there was from Amaro Ray's core fighter, they got, I guess, his pilot data and created a brain, essentially, a lab-grown brain that has his data in it uh, for this Amakusa Jupiter Gundam. That looks interesting because it's like I'm seeing a mix of, of well, I would say Anaheim and Xeon, but really the mixes of the, the Xeon-based mobile suits with the Federation-based ones. I mean, we even got like a Xeon V-fin, um, kind of the spike and, and curved look of a Xeon, but you have the vents and even that kind of protruding front that's more of a Federation uh, uh, fighter or mobile suit. So... I yeah, think that's a pretty new... Oh, it's got the binders. Like the What's that? The, the, the plates on the side of the thighs look like the tall geese, the way that they're... Oh, yeah. But... Yeah, with all the, the thrusters underneath, too. Yeah, so it's... So, and then, yeah, I was looking at other things. They have, like, you know, SD versions. So this suit yeah, has actually got around quite a bit. And so this is apparently an, a Amaro Ray AI-driven mobile suit. And they did a mass production version that has a beam shield instead of the regular shield. Um, but I guess, you know, looking through these pictures here, which is really cool, that V-fin is gigantic. Um, yeah. Um, th it this looks like they literally pulled it right off the Xeong and yeah. stuck it on. <laughs> and they could have due to, like, I guess how they... Um, okay, that's a weird variation, unless that's just another suit. Yeah, that's another suit. So it looks like, yeah, there wasn't even a model kit made for this. I just, I just think that's pretty cool because it's a, again, an Amaro-driven one. It, it, it's in the um, Crossbone storyline. Um, yeah, 0130, I guess, is when they started development. And then 136, um, I guess, yeah, well, some more stories. So pretty cool because I haven't really jumped into the Crossbone story much at all, really. We know that Judo shows up with his uh, gimp, isn't that what it's called? And then oh, the gump, yeah, gump. There you go. And then Amaro has it. So it's cool that there's these neat callbacks within the Crossbone saga. That that would be Crossbone something to get gets into. A weird, but weird in a good way, I would say. Yeah. No. Um, but again, another example of the type of AI that's used, uh, you know, within uh, the Gundam universe. Um, Oh, Brian Zanatelli showed up. Good to see you. 
Um, so Nike's saying the brain thing reminds me of Ein Dalton. E-I-N Dalton. Not familiar with that. Uh, that's um, IBO. Oh, okay. Interesting. I haven't watched that yet, and I'll need to soon. Um, yeah. Let's see. Oh, uh, Gundam Facts did a whole entire history video about this mobile suit. Oh, very cool. Um, let's see. Oh, WebFox is saying AT&T had Crunchyroll for sale for a year, I think, before Funimation Sony bought. Oh, interesting. So AT&T might have originally owned Crunchyroll. Oh, I guess that when it was merged with those other companies, yeah, who knows what they do there. Yeah, um, I mean, and, and you know, what's fascinating is like, a lot of people think that companies like to consolidate in order to merge things together when in actuality they usually do it to split things apart because then yeah. you know if if sony owns both funimation and crunchyroll they like to keep those things separate because that means you have to pay for two different subscriptions yeah which i do <laughs> sucker but, but you know what that also leads to in video games um uh, embracer group bought Enix from Square Enix for 300 million and then they sold Amazon just the Tomb Raider IP for 600 million yeah. like so they made out like a bandit and all this um, and I think that's what happens a lot it's like here's something that's making money but just not enough for this company that has too many things it's got to pay so people so a company will just buy it and then usually let people go and then they're still making money off of this IP it, it's weird how that's kind of how it works it's just because it's not making enough money mm -hmm. even though it still makes money um, and and a lot of uh, a lot of companies like to compete against themselves you know they'll they'll release the same product essentially under two different names just because it's like well you can you can buy either one and either way we win like yeah that's that's a good point too yeah a lot of those bigger companies do that um let's see anything else before uh, uh, brian sanchelli is it possible that uc might have an ai mobile suits without pilots in the cockpit so potentially this this amakusa i don't know for sure if it does have a cockpit or not um the phoenix <laughs> Does that count? Well, but it still has a cockpit, right? It does have a cockpit, but I mean, what's inside of that cockpit is right. like a... <laughs> well, that's a good question, because yeah, what if the cockpit has just been completely sealed? What was that? Wasn't that the Phoenix? Wasn't there something mm -hmm. where they were trying to open the cockpit and they couldn't? Or am I thinking Benajer and the Unicorn? That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, Benajer and the Unicorn. I think that happened... Yeah. That seemed to be a common thing because I think Camille locked himself inside the Mark yeah. II and they had to That's bust right. him out too. So it's these Gundam protagonists, they're so whiny. It takes forever to get them into the Gundam and then once they're in, you can't get them out. It's... Yeah, that is... Yeah. What's up with that? Um, okay, moving on. Um, so I thought this was pretty cool because I'm not huge on Wing, but for some reason I'm already feeling... That wing nostalgia, even though I just watched it recently. But, like, there's some elements of it that's like, ah, uh -huh, wing. You know, it's like when you see, uh, like, a, a little baby try to do adult things. You know, it's like, cute. Uh, and I guess that's how I feel about wing. But that death scythe that they have, uh, that high grade, looks sick. I mean, yeah. and even to me, that's more of a gimmick Gumpla than I 
care for, but it looks sick. Um, and so I remember Sayla, who's part of our uh, supporters, she has been trying to get this forever. Was it where, is it an older version, a different one? Do you happen to know the, oh, of the death site, the high grade death site? Because this is a new one. Does that mean that that old one was just out of print? Or is it a I mean, different it, it version? Was an older, um, it wasn't a high grade, but there was, and this is the anime one, not the not the um, endless waltz version. But, ah, yeah, because yeah, I mean, Ian I, is saying that. Yeah, I have the old um, one to one forty fourth scale version of this kit. Um, it, it's terrible. No. <laughs> it, it did not age okay. well. I will say that. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that the high grade one is going going to be sweet. Okay. Okay, so, yeah, he's saying that um, it is it was the standard. So that's interesting yeah. that there are fans of Wing that kind of have to wait, because it seems like Wing is very popular, but they have to wait for certain versions, and then you'll hear people say, I don't really like Endless Waltz version that much, even though it is still kind of cool, but it's weird how that seems to be a yeah. thing. I mean, because I remember when I was watching Gundam Wing, and, uh, you know, my favorite character was Wu Fei off the off the bat, and I was like, I want to go get a Shenlong model kit. So I went up to another universe. If any of you guys in America are familiar with that shop, um, it was like one of those shops in the malls in the '90s. They usually had like a predator and an alien in the in the window, but that's oh. where we got all of our like anime gear. And so the first model kit I ever bought was a one one hundred scale uh, Ultron Gundam. So it was the Endless Waltz version of Wu Fei's mobile suit, and I was like, you know, this doesn't look like the one from the cartoon, but I'm gonna build it anyway. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. So I, yeah, I mean, it was awesome. That is confusing. I, I, I didn't even know Endless Waltz was a, was a thing at the time, but I was oh, buying Endless right. Waltz kits. Yeah, because yeah, that's what Ian's saying. The Death Scythe Hell is the upgraded version. Neo X is saying we already knew this was coming. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, Nike, it's more interesting to me that the TV designs are high grade and the, and the Swaltz designs are master grade. Yeah, that's another good point because I do have the master grade Sandrock, uh, which I think is yeah. awesome looking. Um, yeah, Android. I'm boring Juby with this story. <laughs> What's that? So I'm boring Juby with my, my old story about oh. <laughs> being in the nineties. <laughs> no, hey, nineties are awesome. There's so many cool stories out of there. Um. Androyus is saying the older Deathside Hell kit is no grade. Yeah, that's right. Like, in, yeah, the former is poor while the latter still has its charm. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, Shirt Lad saying Wufei was the original Giga Chad. Okay, I can <laughs> see that. <laughs> um, he was definitely the original MGTOW, if that was. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah I, yeah. I don't know who that is. Um, let's see. Uh, Nike. Uh, there's a tiny detail you need to know. There's the TV uh, series Endless Waltz movie and the Endless Waltz Glory of oh, the Losers manga series. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's time for a lore video on the Death Scythe. Huh, Ian? We'll see. We will see. Um, okay, that was that. Next, um, so I admittedly have not been playing Gundam Evolution just because, you know, it's, it's not a bad game. It's just not my type of game. Um, but I think it's neat that they announced a new suit, and it's not one that I could say I've really heard of before, this Hyperion Gundam. Um, so looking it up real quick, it's from Seed X Astray, 
manga, mm -hmm. so it's a manga suit. Um, and you know what? I can't say that the design sticks out to me or looks cool or whatever, but I bet it had just the right things about it to make it a cool video game suit. Um, yeah, which, you know, again, the, the uh, developers for Evo are like, they 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 get some weird deep cuts like you can yeah. tell that they're gundam fans because they go for these really obscure suits that you know it's like why would you do the hyperion gundam over like i don't know literally anything else <laughs> like, like maybe wing one gundam astro units like, like yeah, yeah. The, the, anything from wing like it it seems it seems crazy that they pull some of these out and yeah, that's a good point you bring up because it could be that they know Gundam so well they know what would translate good to a hero shooter. As much as we might like it's Wing, about. it's like maybe they have to make up stuff for it to work. Whereas this Hyperion, um, yeah, I mean, it, I don't know, unless it's because it's one that hasn't been known about that well and then now they can release a model kit of it. So it's kind of like that synergy uh, of selling it. <laughs> Naturally. But it it uh, Hyperion uses the yeah the Gundam operating system that whole uh, I love that the uh, acronym for Gundam. <laughs> I, sure, I sure I sure do hate that. <laughs> no, I but do you know like I, I'll, I'll I'll take that over the Gundarms from. Uh, from I see. I don't mind Gundarm. I guess I love how ridiculous that is. It's to like silly. to do that. The Gundarm. <laughs> it is weird. That it's kind of a stretch. That that is yeah. kind of a stretch too. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, um, uh, I don't know. I mean, is, is any of you planning to play this? Is the Hyperion actually already out? Um, Andreas is saying the Hyperion has a unique barrier, so. And then Nike's saying Gundam Evolution is a weird game, in my opinion. I think the more hardcore fans would prefer something like the, uh, Gundam Extreme Verse games. Yeah, and I think that's what it is. They just kind of released Gundam Evolution as a way to attract new, um, Gundam fans. Yeah, uh, definitely. Um, definitely. Um, I think the hardcore Gundam fans are playing uh, Battle Operation, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and I tell you, I've been playing that a lot more. They just uh, released the... It's an Aqua GP, GP01. Aqua version. Which... I mean, there's so It's Pretty cool awesome. because there's so many suits that we could expect them to descend or to, to use, but... They go for something crazy like that, which is still cool, actually, just as yeah. another optional way to use a cool suit. Well, because, you know, it's the, the Federation's so limited on choices for uh, aquatic mobile suits, right? So you kind of have to go a little deep into the lore and say, like, all right, well, you know, the GP01 was designed to be a modular suit. Mm. So, you know, you have your space kit, you have your land kit, throw the aqua kit on it and call it good. Yeah, and then they put one of the the maps back in rotation that you go underwater in, so that's cool. Um, I, I do like the water battles, and I love the Aqua GM. Um, yeah, but yeah, I yeah now, Gundam Battle Op comment. Uh, Shirt Lad says the more hardcore fans grind 0081 Battlefield record with friends. So yeah, yeah that's... I think he's trying to remind us that we need to hop on and uh, yeah. start grinding some more. Yeah, we need to plan I want that to unlock out. That Mark II real bad. Yeah, we need to plan that out because that that is fun to do, and it's one of those that more fun with someone because it's pretty hard. Yeah, <laughs> but sorry, um, you, I interrupted you. Oh no, um, I was gonna actually go back to. So, P 
Patreon questions for February. I put a post up um, if you want to, for uh, Patreon or supporters. If you, actually, I need to do that on YouTube too for YouTube members, where you can just post comments that I go through through the month. It might not be, you know, I use that to kind of help give us topics or talk about cool things or answer questions. If I don't get to it by the end of the month, I'll end up making a sort of like a video of the month of any cool comments I saw on YouTube or any Patreon questions I missed. So that will awesome. be up this weekend. But for February already, Jedi Sela has a good one. I like this one. So considering how Zeta Gundam got the reboot treatment with updated animations and plot character development changes, Camille's fate in particular, if Double Zeta got the reboot treatment, what changes do you think the reboot would make? Would the story even focus on Judo Ashta and his friends at all? And if not, what would happen to Haman Karn? Would we have gotten that subplot of Shar saving Maneva from Haman's clutches? So, um, you might be able to help fill in some gaps here, Stephen. So, the, this is a good question because I brought this up before and I need to research it more. I feel like if, I feel like the A New Translation trilogy potentially changes the ending to where Double Zeta... Yeah, Judah's story wouldn't even happen because they were waiting for Camille, right, to have him taken to the hospital or from the hospital while they were just hiding out at the white base, and then uh, Judah Ar happens to sneak aboard. Yeah, yeah. So um, the the Argama goes to the side one colony of Sh Shangri La. Yeah. Um, and so they were trying to, I guess, get Camille some help, but mm -hmm. if he doesn't need help, then what's the point of being holed up and hiding from Yazan in the first place? Yeah. Yeah, it, that's why it seems like things like after that wouldn't really happen, like even potentially Char's counterattack, Unicorn. I don't know, because then that, it, that's from the very beginning. And what would happen? What would be the chain events that happen that Glemmy would be involved? You know, that Char might be involved in a different way. I, I don't know. It, but what's interesting is it ends, Double Zeta ends with Camille being back to normal anyway. And right. with Fa. So, I mean, it has a happy ending anyway. It, it, it almost seems like, I mean, what other pivotal things would have to be with Neo Zeon and Haman that would happen that would then require Judo to change the course of Shark's Counterattack, Unicorn? Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting because, um, you know, where is Maneva during Char's counterattack? Yeah. Right? I mean, she's theoretically still um, at large. Uh, so it's, you know, was it was it Zinnerman that got involved and rescued her from Haman? Or, you know, what? Good point. why was Char able to take over Neo Zeon with zero opposition from Maneva loyalists? Um, yeah, you know, there's, there's a lot of unanswered questions as far as the anime goes that like, yeah, I think a, a reboot of double Zeta could do a good job addressing some of those. Um, I mean, would Camille continue to fight if, you know, without, without Char and without the leadership structure of the AUG, which, you know, maybe, maybe not. Yeah, yeah, that is interesting because, yeah, Camille would just be continuing to go after Haman, but, yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like I, it's almost like what happened to Camille maybe made Char kind of go into hiding 
because there's still not an explanation of why he's not prominent, you know. Um, yeah, not not a lore reason anyway. We we all exactly. know the yeah. we all know the yeah. production <laughs> reasons that he's not in uh, Double Zeta, but you know, there's nothing there's nothing uh, in lore that really would explain why he wouldn't have, you know, played his hand, especially it, with, you know, if if you're going to talk about like the perfect opportunity to strike, look at glemmy's rebellion against haman like yeah. that's when zeon's in its most upheaval state and and you don't think char would try to make his play then i mean it just doesn't seem very char like considering that he waited until the battle of abawaku to make his move against Cassilia and girin yeah it w you bring up a good point i was actually going to touch on that so apparently and i might have missed more details on this there was a manga that's either about to come out or currently out where it's Char after he kind of gets banished from Zeon, you know, the first time he failed before he comes back, and it's supposed to cover yeah. what he did during that time period. So if they're doing that, I wonder if eventually we will get a story of Char after Zeta. But again, if they're going to make stories of Char after Zeta, is it going to be based on the new translation or the show? And could they do it where it doesn't matter? It's, it's, maybe it's possible they could. I don't know why I'm so obsessed with Double Zeta being potentially written out or not. I just really like it. I just... <laughs> yeah, and, you know, it, it's funny because you have all these, like, you know, side story mangas. You know, you've got Char's deleted affair, Haman's deleted affair, and things like that. But they really don't... Those, those are their own kind of encapsulated stories that yeah. don't go a long way to answering questions that were presented by the anime. Um, so. Yeah. Yeah, no, that, that'll be interesting. Um, you know, especially when it comes to origin. Like, I feel like we might, we could still see some more origin animes come out. Like, yeah. you know, they did with Cuckoo's Doan's Island, but it might be, a, like, the team under Yasuhiko. Oh, I'm not going to try. Oh, yeah. um, Yoshikazu? Yeah, there you go. Uh, because I, apparently that was like going to be his final or something like that, so maybe it's the team under yeah, him. Yeah, I think he's kind of walked away from, yeah. from the franchise a little bit. I, I, yeah, I'm just... I think um, it would be interesting to see when... Oh, yeah, Ian. Uh, yeah, see you later. It'd be interesting to Cheers, see buddy. when they announce this dub for Cuckoo's Doan's Island to get an idea of how successful it was in general for them from releasing it in Japan and then having uh, uh, the English dub in theaters and then whatever's next for it. Because I mean, they can explore this, this yeah, stuff. Yeah. I hope that we get a little bit more, um, a little bit more content that's substantive. Like, you know, obviously Cougar's Do Doan's Island was awesome, but like, let's not just have an origin remake of like Moon Moon from Double yeah. Zeta. <laughs> like, yeah. No, my idea is to, yeah, have something that is with origin, uh, with Char that takes place after that time that he got pushed out yeah. of Zeon to see, like, what his then plan, how he came up with the plans or whatever, even though we see how it ends. But just to see more of that would be really cool. And then maybe even cut to I some random Amaro stuff that we didn't see on screen just to, you know. Yeah, uh, him being in house arrest during Zeta. Oh, yeah. That's or, a good or like, one. like what he was doing with Karaba during Double Zeta. Yes. That that's a that is a good one too because yeah, we 
what what is up with Amaro and Char in general during Double Zeta, so that they're not, <laughs> you know, a part of, uh, um, uh, what am I trying of to say? Storyline or whatever. yeah, yeah. Even though, again, we don't know with Zeta or Double Zeta, the new translation, what that does. But right. Oh, Neo X is saying Blue Destiny animation. That's a good idea. They need to take one of those games and do that. Yeah. Let's see, WebFox100, I'm sure the Neo-Zeon Civil War wiped out enough of the factions to rebuild it as leader while Maneva was placed in hiding by Haman and wasn't old, skilled enough to reform or counter Shar. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. And I bet they talk about some of this if possibly. I mean, because I've heard something about Maneva being a body double. Um, I've heard that too. Uh, yeah. Shirt Lad, does the Hyperion bit make the cut or next time? No, I talked about it, yeah, a little bit. Um, earlier on this, um, but I think I think that's going to be it. That was a good show. Um, yeah, if you got if any supporters want to uh, ask something, go ahead and do it on Patreon or if you're on YouTube, I'll put up the post today. So it's going to be randomly through the month, and if I don't get to your question by the end of the month, I'll have a follow up video with it on there. So anyway, um, Stephen, anything to uh, add? No, no, this was a this was a fun little deep dive onto, uh, you know, obviously the AI topic isn't going to go away anytime soon. So no. Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, and, and exciting stuff coming out for the video games. Yeah, I know. And, and speaking of video games, hopefully we... great news on the horizon for Gundam fans. Yeah, hopefully um, we can plan to do that. Yeah. A Battlefield record stuff. We'll have to plan yeah. that out. Because, yeah, you now are going to start having potentially videos out on Friday or weekly. I mean, is that still working? That's the plan. We'll okay. see if my editing schedule can uh, keep up with it. <laughs> okay, well, cool. Well, then, yeah, watch out for that. Check his links in the description. But uh, anyway, guys, uh, yeah, have a good rest of the day. We'll talk later.